Welcome to 153 Great Podcasts, a ministry of 153greatfish.com. Jesus, we love you, Lord, and Lord God, I ask you to anoint our minds for our study today. In Jesus' name. Well, folks, today what I want to do is I want to read you an article written by a man in the Zero Hedge blog uh, yesterday, and the title, uh, I have retitled his article, I want to say that Christians have been captivated by mega debt. That's right, mega, M-E-G-A. I've noticed that there's a lot of so-called Christians that have uh, entered politics, that have gone to political rallies, etc., hoping that uh, they can straighten out the immoral side of our country through politics. And, of course, that's never worked. Politics does not mix with religion. That's the two horns of the beast. And uh, so what I'd like to do is I'd like you to read, I'd like to read this article to you here. It's an abbreviated version. Um, and it just starts like this. Christians are captivated by mega debt. This is a summary of an article written by Tyler Durden in the Zero Hedge blog, Thursday, March 5th, 2020. Mega economics has turned Wall Street into a dangerous gambling casino while having Main Street buried under mountainous debts, faltering investment growth, and productivity and hand-to-mouth economics or spending more than you earn. It has also left the American economy exceedingly vulnerable to external shocks. That's because 80% of households have no appreciable rainy day funds and businesses have hollowed out their balance sheets and artificially extended their supply chains to the four corners of the earth in order to goose short-run profits and stock prices. In short, the world's supply chains are buckling and freezing, so thereby causing production and incomes to fall jointly. In turn, shrunken incomes and cash flows will pull the legs out from under the, the edifice of debt and speculation that has been plied atop the American economy. The chickens have come home to roost. It will be a time when the cans of delay and denial with no longer be kicked down the road and into tomorrow. The nation is on a joyride which is going to end. The reckoning that lies ahead is rooted first and foremost in the recklessly incurred mega-debts mega debts of the private and public sectors alike together they have they have spared to the staggering they have soared to the staggering sum of 75 trillion dollars that's five times more than the 14 trillion outstanding 30 years ago yet the proceeds from these massive borrowings were not used to invest in productivity things uh, they've been used to live high on the hog. <laughs> so after these decades of such artificial debt prosperity, the very warp and woof of American society has been deformed. For example, 80% of U.S. households, that is the essentiality of hand-to-mouth, do not have any rainy day funds. It's naturally imprudent. It's because we have been incentivized to borrow and spend while being punished for saving and seeing the uh, asset side of life's unforeseen contingencies and setbacks. Likewise, 
the uh, corporate suites of corporate America have been rewarded for strip mining their balance sheets and cash flows in order to pump money into Wall Street for stock buybacks and mergers and acquisitions. But this has caused an investment in productive plant and equipment and technology and human resources to decline. So, consequently, the growth capacity of the Main Street economy has been progressively eviscerated and most especially the public sector has been basically ruined. During this 30 year plus uh, time since Alan Greenspan launched the uh, recent era of reckless and senseless monetization of the public debt. He did this in 1987. There has been only four balanced budgets sandwiched between the last 28 years of the sheer fiscal promiscuity. So this has already taken the federal debt from 3 trillion to 23 trillion and it's now heading inexorably towards 43 trillion by the end of the 2020s. The public debt to GDP ratio will then be a Greek style 150%. Worse still, the nation's political system has studiously ignored the obvious fiscal malignancy. That's because the Federal Reserve and other central banks have removed the sting of rising interest rates and the crowding out of private investment. So politicians have succumbed to the latest version of free lunch economics. This has permitted, in turn, national uh, governance to uh, degenerate into a better partisan, or excuse me, bitter partisan warfare that has festered so long that now it threatens the very future of our constitutional government. Rather than facing the tough policy choices, the Democrats have retreated into identity politics and sanctimonious uh, racialist moralizing. They've abandoned the uh, virtuous pursuit of the public good for cheap virtue signaling to their base. Likewise, the Republicans have prioritized building border walls and keeping people out of America's historic melting pot on the fear they might not vote Republican. But in feeding red meat to their political base, the Republicans have abandoned the GOP's real goal, which used to be functioning as a watchdog of the Treasury and a guardian of a sound economic monetary policy. These perversions of governance ultimately have resulted in the freakish 2016 election in which the Republicans accidentally nominated a bombastic outsider, a great disputer, who had not been house-trained by the Washington establishment. Yet the very prospect of a Trump presidency caused the incumbent Democrats to baldly and legally deploy the surveillance tools of the national security apparatus to detour his candidacy and then to attempt to abort his presidency via the Russiagate and the Ukraine gate impeachment hoaxes once the voters had spoken. At the same time, even as the Donald has brashly and pugnaciously fought the unconstitutional coup against his presidency, he too has gone about the business of filling the swamp even deeper rather than draining it as he promised on the campaign trail. 
In fact, the federal Leviathan, the beast, including his national security branch, has never been larger, fatter, and more wasteful than under Trump. The Donald has increased federal spending in constant dollars, this is 2019 dollars, by $180 billion per year during his term to date. That compares to the $120 billion per year under George Bush, the younger, $80 billion under Obama, and $40 billion per year under Clinton. Trump has only made the inherited trend of sharing debts and diminishing growth measurably worse with his four-pronged assault on sound economics. These are not the route to MAGA, making America great again. These are the path to bigger government in Washington, dangerous bubbles on Wall Street, and diminished prosperity, opportunity, and liberty on Main Street. Accordingly, it is now way too late for a stick save from either political party or from state institutions bivouacked in the imperial city. And that especially includes the madcap money printers at the Federal Reserve. The soaring stock market reflects the greatest monetary deformation in history, not the national discounting of a beneficial future. A long night of reckoning lies ahead for us. Here's, here's the 10 reasons. One, the spectacular failure of Canadian central banking. Number two, a prolonged painful reversal of the three-decade-long hyperinflation of financial asset prices that has resulted in the everything bubble. Three, the violent implosion of America's fiscal accounts. Four, an intensified central bank war on savers and uh, fixed income retirees and holders of cash. Number five, peak debt-induced suffocation of domestic economic growth. Six, ferocious global economic headwinds rising from the demise of the Red Ponzi scheme. Number seven, an outbreak of unprecedented partisan acrimony rendering Washington, D.C. completely dysfunctional and imperiling America's very constitutional foundation. Number eight, the lapse of imperial Washington into belligerence, retreat, and failure all around the planet. Nine, the baby boom retirement tsunami, which will cause entitlement spending to soar and generational conflict to erupt like never before. And finally, number 10, a virulent outbreak of class warfare and redistributionist political conflict unprecedented in American history owing to a stagnating economic pie. To it, these baleful developments are not just possibilities. They are well close to certainties, and they are ultimately rooted into a common cause, namely the three decades of a long explosion of debt, speculation, and financialization that was, in, that was initiated in October 1987 when Greenspan bailed out Wall Street gamblers and launched what has become a toxic worldwide regime of Canadian central banking. Consequently, America's current $74 trillion mountain of public and private debt has become a contagion, much like the coronavirus. On a worldwide basis, total debt outstanding now has risen to $255 trillion, which is a staggering three times global GDP of $85 trillion. It now constitutes the greatest barrier to continued growth, prosperity, and financial stability in all of economic history. The tools of deceit were falsified, interest rates, artificially initiated, asset prices, and a hoary theory that debt-fueled stimulus 
injections by the state and that would create a permanent increase in economic growth and societal wealth. The price of debt has been deeply and systematically falsified by the central banks, thereby providing a powerful artificial incentive to borrow and a misleading signal to debtors about its longer-run implications. Balance sheets have been deeply impaired for households and governments, especially because they do not borrow in order to acquire productive assets capable of, of defraying the accumulation cost of carrying uh, of carry. Instead, all the added debt went into living high on the hog today. There has rarely been such a fraught moment in American history. We are heading for the double whammy of a political constitutional crisis and a thundering financial breakdown at the same time. Indeed, the perfect storm will gravely impact the personal liberty and economic welfare of every American citizen. So <clears throat> we need to understand what's coming down the pike and how it will impact Washington, Wall Street, and our homes. We must understand that there has been no Trump boom whatsoever, even if the Donald was right during the campaign. That's when he castigated Washington's failed economic policies and labeled the faux prosperity of 2016 as a big, fat, ugly bubble that was fixing to implode on the American people. Still, just because Donald Trump targeted the symptoms correctly, that doesn't mean he has actually planned to fix the American economy or the skills and know-how how to move forward in this turgid, essentially paralyzed machinery of the federal government constructively forward. He just doesn't know what to do. In fact, the mainstream media has the whole story wrong. Donald is not remotely the force of nature he has been made to seem by the Trump-obsessed journalists and talking heads. To the contrary, he's actually a political lightweight. He's a megalomaniacal, incompetent, and, and bile-ridden bully who stumbled into the Oval Office against all odds <clears throat> and then lucked out a second time by riding high on the final three-year crest of, of deeply impaired and unsustainable economic recovery and monumental stock market bubble. Here's the thing, we are already at a point where we never have ever reached before. Even the tech boom of the 1990s, previously the longest ever cycle, ended in recession during month number 119. And back then, there were plenty of tailwinds to keep it going. It's a big Ponzi scheme. The US economy is imperiled by 74 trillion of public and private debt and egregious Wall Street bubbles whose days are clearly numbered. Moreover, recessions have not been outlawed by the economic gods, and there are overwhelmingly odds that the next one will be someone sometime soon as the 2020s unfold. And when it does, Wall Street, the US economy, and the Donald's fantasy of MAGA, M-A-G-A, will come tumbling down with it. Well, that's the end of the article. And so the question is, why did I read that to my listeners? Well, the reason I did is that people are in this fantasy of political conservative uh, trying to impregnate morality through politics into our culture. And of course, economic prosperity is what people really want. You know, they want peace and safety and they want money. Those are the tattoos on their heart, the golden calf. So I'm saying all this 
so that people would stop trusting in political leaders and put their trust in Jesus Christ and the true gospel for effecting moral change in every nation. Next time you go to a MAGA rally, tell the person next to you that's cheering and standing up uh, and saying, Sig Heil, say to them, have you repented of your sins? Have you been baptized in Jesus' name? Have you received the gift of the Holy Ghost with the Bible evidence of speaking in tongues? That's the only way to change a country, a nation, morally. Can you say praise the Lord? All right, God bless you. It's good talking uh, to you today. Hope you enjoyed the program. You've been listening to 153greatpodcast.com, a ministry of 153greatfish.com. Please subscribe, and better yet, help us by contributing. God bless you. Thank you.